Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If anybody's not familiar, Frank is a correspondent at CNBC. And, um, you know, you do a great job all the time, but you had a, no, no problem. You did a report a couple of weeks ago, uh, about, um, black net, black net worth in this country and, um, reposted it and, uh, yeah, just took off viral all over Instagram, TikTok. A lot of people had different opinions, different views on it. Um, but I think it's important, like I said, to just have a more, you know, uh, involved conversation and just like, you know, it's a 60 second or 30 second just soundbite on Instagram. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted to just, just bring you on and then hopefully we could talk about that and then a few other topics. So, um, I will just bring, I will just briefly just go over the stat if anybody is, is not familiar with what I'm talking about. So the stat was that black spending, um, power reached a record in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, $1.6 trillion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's according to the Slag Center at the University of Georgia. Is, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, the, the Selig Center. Yeah, but I mean, it's the University of Georgia. You can just U- the University of Georgia. Okay. And um, that's up since, since 2000. Uh, it's up 171%. Um, but during that time, Latino spending power is also up 288%. Asians is up 383%. And the overall um, is up 144%. So that would seem like some level of encouraging news. Um, but what's not encouraging is that, according to the, the St. Louis Fed, um, they put out a, 
report on the net worth and black net worth is actually down. So that's interesting because it would, it would assume that if spending is up, net worth would be up too, because there's, there's more money. So what they're saying is that, um, the black net worth has actually decreased by 14% and is $24,000 per family, while the Latino net worth has increased 112%, which is 36,000 per family. The white net worth has increased 6% and is $189,000 per family. So, all right. So, yes, let's, <laughs> let's unpack this a little bit, Frank. So, okay. Um, this information comes from the Fed. Uh, and if you're not familiar, the, the St. Louis Fed is one of the 12 branches of, of the Fed. They have Fed 12 um, branches of Fed banks. And um, to my understanding, how they actually collect this data is like through surveys. Um, it's like it's like political polling, like mm-hmm. kind of similar situation like yeah. that. Right. Um, so but how do we come about this number to say, OK, spending is up, but net worth is down. Um, that's a little disturbed. That's very disturbing. I would just assume that it's not enough assets being acquired. Would you say the same thing? I mean, I think it really comes down to your slogan, man, assets over liabilities. If you're spending that money on things that don't appreciate in value, that lose their value when you drive it off the lot, or in in some cases, as soon as you put it on your wrist, you guys are talking about, you know, high end from the dealer watches. But if you're spending on other things that don't gain value over time, then your money's going out, but you're not building wealth. It's just, it's not even any more complicated than that. And you see the numbers for other people, um, other groups, I should say, they're spending their money on things that appreciate, whether it's houses, investing in businesses, stocks, crypto, a lot of things you talk about on this podcast all the time. Question for you, uh, if we could have an honest conversation, do you think that we truly want to be free and can the racial wealth gap be closed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Like, I, I don't know about all you guys, your backgrounds, but I know I didn't grow up in a house where anybody had a college degree. Um, we were probably unbanked before that term even existed. You know, I used to have to be embarrassed and spend stamps at the store sometimes. Um, I didn't know anything about stocks or credit or, you know, much more than a checking and a savings account. And then you need to try to go to college and be a doctor. over there. That's all the nuance I had about finance. So the more you know, the more educated you become, the more enlightened you are. Not only do you learn about these you know, these, these temple things like stocks and housing, you learn about other ways to make money, all finance, real estate, like you're just talking about watches, maybe even comic books. Um, you were mentioning handbags a short time ago. If you look at companies like StockX and Goat and Stadium Club, they're getting in the handbag, handbag mm-hmm. business. They're not doing it because they're losing money. So you have to just broaden your sense of what an investment is, but you have to start off with the temple things, stocks, homes, 401k bonds. I know bonds are the most boring thing in the world. And trust me, I don't like to read about them or talk about them that often, but they're a safe investment. There's some things that uh, my colleague, John Ford, he actually highlighted this to me. I bonds, they're inflation bonds. They're bonds that keep up with inflation. It's almost impossible to lose money. And until you become a more sophisticated investor, you don't really know about these things. So Ian, back to your question, long answer, uh, absolutely. We all want to be free. Everybody wants to have power over their own life and the ability to secure the future of their family. Every person in this world. Frank, so we, I mean, we're at the forefront, I feel like, of a financial revolution. Um, obviously, you know, we've been teaching financial literacy amongst other people in the space. When I heard the report, um, slightly surprised, but you've been in this, this, this business a lot longer um, on, the, on the broadcasting side of it. What was your initial reaction to it? And uh, what are your thoughts, right? Because I feel like 
when we're going meeting people, I hear a lot of more people that look like us are actually investing. They, they have real estate, they're in stocks. Is it a fair assessment of a forecast for the future? What are your thoughts? I mean, Troy, I'm gonna stop you first off. Good to meet you, man. We're not in the same business, man. You guys are doing some phenomenal work, man. First, you have people learning about things and you have people talking about things. And then you have people talking to other people about things that are actually meaningful. That, these are two different businesses. I report on things that happen. Uh, I, I had the fortune of working at CNBC. We do a lot of forward looking and uh, reporting to put out information that's actionable and investable. But what you guys are doing, man, is really just phenomenal. And this movement you started is amazing. Um, I agree with you, it was disturbing. Um, I think the most disturbing thing is that Black people sometimes, we feel like we're doing better. Um, but when you look at the numbers, and yeah, numbers can lie sometimes, it doesn't really look like that. You know, 50 years ago, more Black people owned houses. I, I showed you the stats right there. 20 people, 20 years ago, um, more Black people owned houses. Black home ownership has declined by 3% since 2000. And some of that is tied to why we have less net worth. But there are actually some other reasons. Some of it's spending. I mean, I think a lot of us know somebody who just posted a picture from Tulum or something. So you've noticed. <laughs> yeah, you know we are in the same I mean, business, Frank. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Like you down in Tulum, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have your money in a bank. And another stat that was in that report on the back end of it. Um, every year, black families accumulate $300 billion less in wealth than white families. Every single year. So that that racial wealth gap is growing. A lot of it is inheritance. And I want to speak from personal experience. Um, my mom went to heaven a few years ago. She was an amazing woman. Um, she dropped out of high school to have me. Uh, I do have a great dad too. I don't ever want to leave him out, but you got to always mention fathers. Um, but dropped out of high school to have me. She was a secretary, eventually worked her way into having a great job in construction and opened up her own construction company. Definitely a success story. Um, she learned about stocks. She learns about, about mortgages, but we never did our wills. And I had the good fortune of being an only child. So there was no dispute. There was no problems, but for a lot of people, they actually lose wealth when the person they love passes away. And I'm sure that person wants to take care of their family and make that transition and that time of grief easier, but a lot of us just don't have wills. There's a lot of people that can't afford to bury their relatives when they pass away. Imagine that. You, you know, this is a very, this is a very important conversation. You're, you're touching on a lot of topics and um, the transfer of wealth process is something that we definitely, and that's something that we've been trying to hammer home, hammer home about wills and trust and life insurance mm -hmm. and power of attorneys and healthcare proxies. And yes, there's a lot of different, it's, it's not, and a lot of times people look at numbers and they say, that's not true. And I can understand the disbelief because obviously, you know, our history in this country is, it causes for, you know, certain concern for not, you know, fully believing things. That's completely understandable. But um, I would say this as a financial, I used to be a financial advisor for 12 years before I did this. And um, the most alarming thing for me was actually seeing the difference between black people and white people when it comes to wealth. What I mean by that is, you know, coming in and I'm working in a financial planning firm and pretty much everybody there is white. And, you know, the guys are telling me like, you know, I got $50 million of assets under management, 100, 200 million. And I'm trying to educate, like be educated, like, well, how did you do that? And they're like, well, all you need is a couple people. Like one person gives you $400,000 to manage. Another person gives you $500,000 to manage, you know, before you got it, you got, before you know, you have a million, then, you know, somebody else gives you 700,000. And I'm thinking like, I don't know anybody that has $10,000. Like, I don't know anybody that has $200,000 to just give me to invest, but 
I realized that in America, it's still very segregated as far as like where we are. So the people that we we are around people similar to us. Mm-hmm. So you don't even fully realize what's going on on the other side of the playing field. So you don't even have a full perspective of how wide the, the wealth gap is because you're, you're not really exposed to that on a daily basis, right? You're not really exposed to people that have millions of dollars that they can just invest at any point in time and they can just buy a home or they can just buy anything that they want. Most of the time, you're not really exposed to that. And most of the time you're exposed to, you know, your environment. So if you're in a blue class working environment, then that's who you're around and that's who you're exposed to. And that's kind of become normal. Um, But for other people, that's not really normal. So there is a huge disparity in this country when it comes to wealth, because I mean, I don't need, I don't even need to see a survey. I actually saw it. I worked in financial services for 12 years and I saw from the white financial advisors, their clients, and the black financial advisors and their clients. And of course, most of the black financial advisors, 99% of their clients were black. Most of the white financial advisors, 99% of their clients were white. Most of the black financial advisors, they were dealing with 529 plans and IRA rollovers of, you know, they wasn't really dealing with millions of dollars of investable assets. They just wasn't because their clients didn't have that type of money where the white investors the white financial advisors, it was a completely different story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a lot of times we we do have to question things, but we also have to understand that um, some of the stuff actually comes with a certain level of truth to it. So it's like, how can we fix the problem? As opposed to just saying it's not true because it's like, you're not really qualified to say it's not true unless you actually know it's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, some of it is systemic. Let's not ever overlook that. Some of it's systemic. Some of the wealth from our communities is intentionally pulled out or we've been blocked from the means to actually attain it and hold on to it period um but that doesn't excuse everything some of it is spending and troy was laughing i was laughing about the tulum pictures i mean my timeline is flooded like right now mine too um sometimes you got to decide how you want to spend your money where you want to spend your money and as you mentioned um it's also some of it's the company you keep um if you're around nine broke people you're about to be the temple but it's also it's also a matter of education and being locked out of certain opportunities and certain doors as well, because even working in, in, in the financial services industry and seeing different things, A, I realized that that's one of the reasons why we started this platform. A lot of people just weren't fully educated and they, they did. They were not aware of different things. So that that is a major hurdle right there. We still haven't gotten through to everybody yet. And then also what I want to talk about, too, is that we talked about um, like the black network. They talking the Guardian have uh, released a report that it will be zero in like 30 years. And Andrew Yang uh, said something that was extremely powerful where he talked about a, a economic um, tsunami hitting and it's going to hurt the, the, um, the black community more than anything. We talk about tech. So, you know, you're talking about these different things where it's like, all right, we know that a lot of jobs are going to be lost mm-hmm. through tech. Um, Inflation is at, you know, record levels right now. Right. So these are all things that even if you have education on financial literacy and you're not wasting your money, if you're not skilled, if you're not a skilled worker or a or a high level entrepreneur, you're still you're still not going to really make a difference in, yeah. in, in, in this situation, because it's like most of our entrepreneurs are more lower level entrepreneurs, where it's really like, you're just kind of working for yourself. And 
you're not really making any money. And then most of the workers are not skilled workers. So, you know, they can easily be replaced and they're not making a substantial amount of money. Like they're not like brain surgeons and not, you know, people that's working in Silicon Valley, you look at Silicon Valley and almost less than 1% of the people that's actually working there are black. Did we lose Frank? I think we lost Frank. Yeah, I think so. He didn't go to Tulum, did he? Hope not. <laughs> but Ian, Got a flight to catch. Before, but while he comes back, because um, that's a conversation that, that's not really talked about enough either. Yeah. Skilled yeah, workers, skilled workers and high level entrepreneurs. That's what we should be focusing yeah, on. Yeah. Let, let me just give you a, a statistic really quick. So it's a great point you said, because approximately out of 6.7 million black workers, 42% of the workers currently hold jobs that could be subject to disruption by 2030. That's eight years from now. So you're talking yep. about millions of people that could literally, if they don't have a skill, they could be, their skill could be automated and now they don't have a job. And if they don't learn anything in the entrepreneurial world, then what do they do? You're in trouble. You're, you're in big yeah. trouble. And, and that's why I was telling you some. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, going to just give him a report. Uh, Frank's computer crashed, so he's restarting it. Okay. Yeah. And, and this is why we had this conversation a few weeks ago. And we were like, look, if we don't learn a skill, if we don't properly educate ourselves over the next two to three years in investing, right? We always talk about it's going to be tough to work your way to wealth. If we don't learn a skill, right? over the next two to three years or invest in an asset class, like a new one, like cryptocurrency or invest in the stock market and our jobs are being replaced. Where is the money going to come from? And somebody said, what's skilled coding? That's a high level skill that yeah. will get you a, a high paying job right now. Even if you don't have know how to invest. Yeah. That, not, the, the one no one ever talks about being the most reliable in your industry. That's what I always say. Those emails don't matter. Go look at the Forbes list. Top 500 people. They have a unique gift that most people don't have. And I know some of you be like, damn, you always be ranting. I don't think you guys realize, like the people that I'm around. So when I was with Gary V, Grant, shout out, Mike, shout out Mike Boyd, all of those conversations are about, you need a baseline of 100 million minimum to be secure. Ross told them 10 on assets of a liability on revolt. I feel tight with 10 million. Well, people don't want to tell you the truth. So when I get on here and rant, you guys are like, yo, Man, Rashad Ian, I mean, Rashad Troy, please tell Ian to calm down. It's not that serious. If you have less than 1.5 million and you have two kids, you're broke. It is that damn serious. No, it's real. Then we have to have a collective conversation as a community. What are we going to do collectively to be okay? Because it's not okay if two out of 10 of us invest and save money. Not enough. And I'm going to be real. The Jim Jones, I love Jim. That bothered me, though. Couldn't get water in Gucci. The answer is to quit buying Gucci Prada. All those are slave names. Tiffany and Cole. Wait, you bought your girl a Tiffany bracelet and you're black. They were the ones who made the slave jewelry for the slaves when they came over on a fucking boat. But y'all want to tell me about my attitude. I'm free. We have to collectively decide. And this is the issue. I'm going to be real. A lot of y'all in corporate that are black, that are from the suburbs, man, the ones in the trap and the trenches want this a lot better than y'all. Y'all comfortable. We have to collectively build. So don't mess right. with Mike. Yeah, no, it's a, it, yes. it's a fact. And, and they were saying, I'm, I'm glad that I'm looking at the earners in the chat. They're like, what skills, what skills? Well, we talk about a lot of companies here that you should be listening Holding, to. Right? investing, right? building a business. Those are the so, only three. When we talk about Amazon and, and we talk about Microsoft, we always talk about their cloud business, right? That's not going anywhere, right? That's something that you should be looking into. Engineering is something you should be looking into. Cybersecurity. It's like these are career. Like it's Every, around everything you. that we talk about. It's on around Market you. Mondays, that what it makes those companies run. In. 
What yeah. makes those companies? Yes. What is what makes Microsoft run? What makes Apple run? What makes AMD run? Computer chips. What makes all of these companies that you invested in as to the top these top companies, Tesla? Yeah. What makes those companies run? You yeah. can just reverse engineer it, right? And those are the skills that are critical and will be even more critical in the next twenty years. Yeah, shout out and, to the earners. Y'all yeah. know it, it's dope. I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't see the YouTube comments, but y'all know. Right. Somebody just typed healthcare. Of course, Look, we just can't. We're still in the end of a pandemic. Right. Like healthcare. Think about that. And we talk about companies in these fields, in these sectors. So on top of saying like, OK, yeah, we can own a piece of the company. Yeah. You might if you're still working, let's try to find a skill that we can actually become part of the company and be an investor inside of it as well. Let's 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 take all all the pieces on the table. Why not? And if you are younger than 25 years old, please write this down. Nuclear fusion is one of the most important spaces you need to learn and read about. Because then if we can take hydrogen atoms and spend them with other things and make cleaner energy out of them, that's going to be incredibly important. This is why I always stress to you guys read. And some of you are like, hey, I can't read 500 pages. I guarantee you took your ass to the mall to get your girl a gift tonight. So you can get what you need to get at the end of the night. King, I don't want to hear no excuses. No, nah, you can do what it. Happened. Nah, if she come it. to the EY meetup and LeBron never, you know, with Tristan, shout out Tristan, he glowing. Some of these people in person look like gods and goddesses. I don't know that you and your mama and your whole mama side of the family don't have to work. That's a good pitch to open up with. That's <laughs> a good pitch. Get on your craft, King. If, you, if, you, if your significance you. other's phone is on silent, notification. <laughs> it's over with. It's a bad red flag. Tonight, if it's if Red it's silent, on a play, if it's if it's just tonight, because it's, it's only even during the day, eight fifty. It's only eight fifty. If you're on Listen, silent notification, not tomorrow's a, as another red flag day. Yo, yo, we can get up tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. If you're on silent <laughs> notification, and you, you have never been really, on really, silent, really got her eyebrows threaded at twelve thirty. <laughs> she may not have. Hey, wait. If she had the last appointment by one, oh, is a red flag. Hey. Let, let me see on the spot, baby. Because Tim Tim with no car, man, gave her 88 minutes of quality time. You know what I'm saying? You got to be careful. Check all investments. I'll check my investments three times a day. All. Trading has considerable risk. Please consult your advisor. Maybe said, she wasn't wait, wait, at that last appointment. You said, you said dating has considerable risk or trading? Tra trading. Trading. Both. Dating, too. Both. Oh, both. Yes, both. Extreme. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome thank back. you. Thank you, man. You know, we I, do this. I, we do this. be we, cranking, man. I got yeah, a, program a little comedy segment. We, we do this every now and then. Uh, you know, we just try yeah. to just lighten the mood a little bit. Frank, but um, you're, you're, are you you're from Philly originally? Yeah, I'm from Philly. Uh, Philly. Shout out to Philly. So working. Always shout out to Philly. Working in CNB Philly, you know, obviously blue collar town, very, very uh, blue collar. Shout out to the joints out there. Um, working in CNBC and being around, you know, a different level of wealth that I'm assuming you grew up around. What's the different level of conversation that you that you hear? That's that's the kind of stuff that I'm always interested in. Like, you know, you, you're around people that millionaires, billionaires, extremely high level, you know, people oh, yeah. in Wall Street. Like, what's the level of conversation that you're hearing that, you know, most people are not aware of that's taking place. Well, and let me back it up for a minute, man. I, you know, I, I did grow up. My parents were teenagers when they had me, but talk about alternative investments. They really invested in education. Like I went to a Montessori kindergarten. I went to a new school. Um, I eventually uh, got a scholarship to a friend's school, which is a Quaker school in Philadelphia. It's a really good private school. So I've had the fortune of being around people from all different classes, like uh, uh, Chelsea Clinton's husband I went to school with. 
You know what I mean? Like mm. people like that, you know what I mean? The, the kids of Congress people and stuff like that. So I've had that good fortune. CNBC is obviously the next level. I get to talk to CEOs, CFOs, billionaires sometimes. Um, and you know what, man, you'd be surprised. The small talk is very similar to the small talk we all have about sports and things like that. Um, but when they're talking about higher level things, they're just, they've read in more, you know what I mean? Like they have a deeper conversation. You know, sometimes you talk to somebody and you bump into somebody like, man, I'm about some doge. You're like, yeah, I'm about some too. They're not talking like that, man. They're talking about, you know, the long-term utility of the cryptocurrency and which one is going to make the transfer into Web3 and things like that. And so that's really the difference. We all talk about the same things. And I said it before, we all want a better quality of life and secure the future of our families. At the end of the day, that's what everybody wants. Yes. Let's switch. Go ahead, Ian. Go ahead, Ian. Yeah, I want to get to some solutions for those who want them. The current ratio of wealth gap is 11.2 trillion. I think at it's least. like 44 points. Yeah, yeah at least. It's, ele- it's at least 11.2 trillion. If you talk to uh, William Darity from University, uh, uh, me, University of Duke, Duke University, um, their business school, he says it could be even greater. It really depends on the math that you use um, and the formula that you use. And he's a big believer that the biggest cause of it is systemic racism. I want to make sure, because I often cite his research, I want to make sure I give him credit. William Darity, Dr. William Darity of Duke University. So what are two things we can do tonight collectively as a community to get the ball rolling to overturn um, yeah. that gap? You know, I'm not an expert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to refer to research. I'm not an expert myself. Um, one of the big things we can do that all of us can do today is just spend more money with Black businesses. I mean, it's not even more complicated than that. It's keeping more money within the Black community circulating. And it's also just not being afraid to do business and talk about business with each other. I think that's one of the two big things. Like, a lot of times, and I've been guilty of this myself, I'm never talking from a high horse. I've done this myself. I'm scared to tell another Black person how much money I make when they're applying to my job. I'm scared to tell them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I asked for these perks and stuff. You know what I mean? Why can't, why won't I tell you? You know what I mean? It's really nine times out of 10, a favorite nation thing. Once two or three of us get it, everybody can get it. But we feel like we want to hold on to the information and hold on to the benefits. But I had a friend of mine you know, he just flat out told me, you're applying to this job. Here's how much I make. Here's how much you should ask for. And I mean, just that information can push us to the next level. Frank, let's switch gears a little bit. And, and on a more positive note, let's talk about uh, Black Mecca, the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Atlanta. We will be there this week. That's like our second home. So it actually just ties in perfectly because we were just talking about high end jobs, tech um not enough skilled tech workers right. um, but atlanta actually is is leading the charge for a black tech hub mm-hmm. uh 27 of tech workers in atlanta are black that is the highest in the nation like i said i think in silicon valley it's like less than one percent so in atlanta is 27 percent of the tech workers are black um so let's talk about this because you did it that was another report that you did um uh, it didn't get as much attention as the last report that we cited but um let's talk about the, the report that you did on atlanta becoming a tech hub yes listen i'm not stopping y'all from posting um no, <laughs> i got you <laughs> i'm not stopping I got you we got you um, but on a serious note yeah 27 percent of tech workers in atlanta are black and it is an emerging tech hub when you look at the growth of tech jobs in atlanta over the last five years it's at about 15 percent. it's very comparable to the bay area that everybody thinks is the mecca of tech the bay area is 16 percent um cbre a company that does uh industrial warehousing office space they rank atlanta as the eighth best tech city in north america competing with towns like the bay area like Austin, like Charlotte, which is another emerging tech hub. 
Um, a couple of factors that really help out Atlanta is number one, it has the number one tech degree produce, uh, tech degree producing university in the country, Georgia Tech. Um, and a lot of tech companies have also turned to HBCUs and other colleges there in Atlanta for a college pipeline and companies outside of tech too, to be honest, like UPS and FedEx, I cover them for CNBC. And they've really kind of built up their pipeline to HBCUs. And then you have a lot of companies moving their tech hubs or innovation centers down in Atlanta. Visa is a great example. They're actually moving their chief diversity officer down in Atlanta, got to interview her. And she was very honest, like, you know, we're Visa. We know who our customers are. A large portion of them are Black people. We want to bring Black people into our workforce. So if you're looking to dip that toe into tech, Atlanta is a great place to go because, you know, the companies that are hiring there, they're very open to looking for people of color in their workforce. And I think every tech company will admit that diversity is somewhat of an issue, especially when it comes to management. Mm. You, you brought up some, some cities. I want to talk about one that you, you didn't mention, but I'm sure you can speak on. And that's Austin, Texas. Obviously, uh, you, we, we're seeing a lot of tech companies. Shout out to uh, a friend of the show, uh, John Henry, who, who has his business out there. Talk about the, the expansion of tech inside of Austin. I mean, obviously, we know Texas is a, is a state that has no state tax. Right. We, we've heard Elon talking about moving Tesla's headquarters there. Um, I'm sure for uh, that reason, amongst others. But let's talk about Austin. Uh, Texas as one of those other cities that most people probably traditionally aren't thinking about it as in, in a tech right. hub, but over the next five to 10 years, potentially could pass all everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's just big culture there for tech. I mean, a lot of tech companies are moving to Texas because of tax, ben tax benefits. And then like, you know, you hear slogans like keep Austin weird. People just like the culture. Um, so right now, one of the big things that's driving a lot of tech interest there is a conference South by Southwest. I'm sure everybody's heard of. Um, that's bringing a lot of tech minds there and then they're also having that social aspect which is why there's a lot of black business in atlanta because you go down there you can have a good time and then you can also do your business you know what i mean and so that's what's definitely kind of fostering that relationship um the question is can black people really find their place there and can we carve out our own niche and i think that's something that's that's yet to be determined and people like you can you know, write that chapter in the story it's funny you say uh, that going yeah, yeah, going yeah. off the last point, um, what are the like the top three jobs in tech in Atlanta specifically you think people should start aiming towards if they're looking to make the transition or start their career? I mean, it really depends on interest, but I, I think Ian, what you were saying earlier um, is actually absolutely true. You got to look at emerging tech. Like, how do you get into metaverse? Like the metaverse is another story I'm actually doing tomorrow on uh, building the black metaverse. A lot of these companies, including Meta or Facebook, however you want to describe, uh, call it, and also Roblox. They're really making efforts to create um, more black interest in the metaverse, whether it be games, um, Meta, aka Facebook, gave about 100 of their MetaQuest Oculus headsets. Again, they changed the name, but it's MetaQuest now. It used to be Oculus. It's a Ron Clark Academy, a predominantly black private school down mm. in Atlanta. And yeah. they're doing a lot of these different initiatives around the country. They actually have some pretty robust black history uh, programming on the Oculus headset because they want to bring us in. They want us to develop games develop, you know, music, worlds, whatever else. When you look at hip hop, how that's become a mainstream thing. Imagine if someone create the hip hop of the metaverse. So companies like Roblox and Meta are really trying to bring people in. Also, they say, you know, of course, to close the tech gap, but they're businesses, they're publicly traded companies. Um, one of their key roles here is obviously generate profits for their shareholders. And the more people you can bring in, especially black people, Latino people, people who generally wouldn't be involved in emerging tech, the faster you can bring them in, the more revenues you can bring. And it's also a thing of um, being able to move culture. It's just like yeah. Clubhouse. Like, you know, they got a billion dollar valuation after Meek Mill and every other rapper starts right. to talk about how great Clubhouse is. So 
at some point, you know, even with the metaverse is like, you know, it's great that all of these companies want to, you know, encourage diversity. Um, but it would be better if we had our own company like that was actually black owned. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, uh, who had fan base? We are doing something with fan base. Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. out to them. I, I spoke to him. Uh, I spoke to Isaac. Isaac. I spoke to him yeah, uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I just feel like after a certain, yeah. at a certain point in time, it's like you know you're still relying on somebody else to do something, and um, it's one of these things that just goes back to like sports and entertainment, where um, you know you can't always be talent. You have to be an owner at some point, mm-hmm. right? Equity. I mean, it's a word that people throw around all the time. I, I mean, Beyonce said, "I need equity," but. Equity is a powerful thing, man. When you have equity in your home, you can do all types of things. You can take a little bit out. You know what I mean? You can leverage it to buy another property and equity and other things, whether it be your career, um, you know, your church, whatever it is, can be a powerful tool. Yeah. And in Atlanta, they, you know, Paul Judge is leading the charge in that. Paul, Paul Judge, Judge. The Greenwood Bank. Um, he's he's uh, really, really big in the tech space. We got to We got to talk to him. He doesn't really talk a lot publicly, but Paul Judge is a very, very smart guy. And um, he is one of the probably the leader in that whole tech revolution in Atlanta. And then, of course, the mayor. Shout out to um, Andre Dickens. Um, he is the new mayor of Atlanta. Obviously, he's black. It's Atlanta. They always mm-hmm. have a black mayor. So, you know, it's uh, the, the Atlanta scene is something that, you know, I think can be the same way they took over hip hop they can have that same effect in the tech world. So hopefully, you know, we'll see a lot of uh, tech superstars, the next Elon Musk, the next Jeff Bezos. I feel like Atlanta is a perfect place, not just Atlanta, but you know, Atlanta is a perfect place for, you know, that they have the HBCUs there. Mm -hmm. They have the polit, they have the political support there. They have the entrepreneurs there. They have, you know, and they have an infrastructure in place better than anybody else has it. So, you know, that's that's something that I think could be something to be encouraged about. Yeah, I also think the international space as far as, far as tech as, as well. Um, I know, we, you know, we talk about Afro tech all the time and we visited the continent and we plan to go back. Frank, I want to know your thoughts. Like, what do, what do you think about investing internationally, especially uh, uh, the continent of Africa, uh, which we spoke about maybe two weeks ago about how much of the population is very young very right. eager um, and just lack resources right now. But with the, you know, obviously the expansion of technology and infrastructure, they can have access to our earning leisure and, and other people who are providing education. What, what are your thoughts about it on the international front? Well, number one, man, I've been dying to go to Africa. I actually had a, a trip planned right before the pandemic and the pandemic just canceled it all. I was going to go to Tanzania. I've been wanting to go to Tanzania since I did a report in fourth grade. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to go is because it's just so diverse. They have an island off Tanzania. This is a sidebar. An island off Tanzania called Zanzibar with like beautiful beaches and they have a big city called Dar es Salaam. And then they have all those amazing nature preserves. I want to go pet a real elephant. You know what I mean? Like a real, <laughs> not a circus elephant, like mm-hmm. a real elephant. Um, but just to your point, man, you know, in, in, in developing countries, and that's what you're talking about when you talk about Africa, that's the term developing countries. Um, they have more access to mobile phones. They're already using FinTech more than we are. Um, so they're already kind of at the tip of the spear of some of these things. Because if you can imagine, if you're a merchant, I'm just going to throw it out at Dar es Salaam it's probably easier to use FinTech and tap and go and whatever else than it is to have a real credit card swiper. So they're already jumping on that and, and uh, mobile payments. And in other countries not developed like China, they're already on mobile payments and digital currencies and things like that. So absolutely, man. Um, if you have the opportunity to create infrastructure internationally for any of this kind of thing, whether it be uh, internet, 5G, uh, payments, 
Of course, it's a great investment. Um, what companies at the forefront, I got to be honest, I don't know personally, but um, a great line of thinking. And that's why you see people like Jack Dorsey go over to Africa and look for investments, um, the founder of Twitter. And also you see a lot of people or a lot of companies in China investing in Africa. Um, a lot of industrial things like mining and steel, precious metals and things like that, but also tech. There's a lot of opportunity in Africa. Uh, going back to when you were 18, um, if you can do it all over again, I'm 39. Um, you look incredibly young, but uh, I know we grew up in the same era. What are like the three things you wish you would have learned back then that would have helped you propel to be even better than you are now? Oh man, the number one thing is something my mom always told me, don't tell yourself no, just go for it. Let other people tell you no, you know what I mean? She, she kind of gave me three things, um, Chris growing up. And as I got older, it got shorter and she just kind of paraphrased it. But the things I would do different are things I do now. But I mean, I would always dream big, but even bigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't contain your dreams to your situation, to which you know. Dream about things that you can't even imagine. That's how you got to start. And I would even work harder, man. Like, like everybody else, man, I, you know, I got sidetracked by this and that. I took my own trip to Tulum. You know what I'm saying? Again, I never speak from a high horse. I took my trip to the Dominican Republic or wherever else and got sidetracked, man, and just pray every day, man. Seriously, I get on my knees and I talk to the man every day. Um, you want to make it? Yeah. <laughs> you look like you got stomach pain. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta, you are not full. Stop, stop the rhetoric. I hate that saying we're full because it, what it does is it's, it's a negative connotation and, it, and it's discouraging people that can actually add value to the ecosystem from, sure. from coming there. And like we, we come there and this is, it's like, I know it's like a joke and it's a playful thing, but it's like, we're talking about how the black net worth is $28,000. And we're talking about how you collaborate and, and, and work. Yeah, that is hot. And, and it's like, you're saying things like Atlanta's full. We don't want any more people. <laughs> like as you don't understand like this is this is a race that we're losing and you're not helping by saying stuff like that like it's not it's not it's not something that is helpful and is it's not something that's beneficial and ultimately the more divided that we are we're still going to be in last place. The only way that we're ever going to achieve anything is through unity and working together and collaboration. Yeah. And we see that in Atlanta too. No, we see it in Atlanta yeah. all the time. Like yeah. I said, it's like, we, we literally like are in Atlanta all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, I just don't understand where that's coming from because when we in Atlanta, we never get that sentiment. It's always love and we add yeah. value. Of course, always. nobody wants somebody to go there and, and take away from it. But yeah. if you're going somewhere and you're adding value, why would you not want somebody to come and add value to a place? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, Atlanta, man, Atlanta's not beloved, man. I'm from up north, man. I get nothing beloved when I get down to Atlanta. People always yeah. trying to help me out, introduce me to somebody. I want to send a shout out to my man. Um, somebody, if you haven't had him on the show, you should. John Hope Bryant from Operation Hope. Yeah. Uh, we had a Zoom Real. call with him. It was probably one of the most inspirational 25 to 30 minutes we've had yes. in a long what? time. What? All light bulb emoji, man. All light bulb emoji. <laughs> Amazing no joke. Dude. I'm not even kidding with you. Yeah, that's a good. Amazing. That's my brother, man. Like seriously, I, I call him, man. Like everybody else, man. I get frustrated with this or frustrated with that. I give him a call, man. It's like let me bounce this off. You let me run a couple of ideas by you. He's just a great brother, man. Yeah, and so, the last point I do want to make real quick. Uh, if you don't mind, I just want you guys when we are moving to these different cities, and you're learning these different skills, making sure that you get equity or royalties in perpetuity. Because if not, it would be the similar thing. It's like you being a construction worker and building a house, but not getting equity in that block. 
Um, and also a lot of you that are friends and families, you need to start making small venture capital firms together or small family offices together and to buy property. Because I, I, even in Atlanta, as black as it is, go look at the data of ownership that is in Atlanta. It is dramatically different from, from 2007, 2008. So a lot of areas that were traditionally hood or demons the ghetto, some Whole Foods and Starbucks popping up over there. And people yeah, are getting pushed out of the west side. Yeah, so yeah. please... As you're going in to build, I want y'all to have fun and a and have a blast, but make sure you're actually building. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it happen. We we went there uh, one year and we came back the next year and we saw a Microsoft building at Atlantic Station. I'm like, where did this just come from? Yeah. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't tell Microsoft they was full. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nah, they, they're not telling Microsoft. Salesforce. Exactly. Yeah. These towers are yeah. just going up. Like, yeah. huh? <laughs> Yo, Ian, real quick, back to your question, man. Um. The other, the other thing I would say, buy yourself some property, man. Like buy yourself a house. You know what I mean? Like I, no houses don't always appreciate. It's not always the safest investment. We saw the financial crisis where people lost money on their house, but it's one of those investments where it might lose value, but you can live in it. You know what I mean? You and your family can live there. Um, so I'm, I'm not somebody who advocates housing over everything else, but it is an asset that has many purposes. You can build equity in it. You can take the equity out. Um, you don't want to live there anymore. You decide you want to move up or you want to move somewhere else. You can rent it out. Um, I just think it's a really versatile asset. You know what I mean? So, Frank, this is the part of the show where we go to question and answers. Um, I know you've been on for a while. So also you, good. You, want to, you want to stay on with us? And rock yeah, out man, I'm, I'm on TV every day. man. So I'm uh, and, and, and I'm not even kidding, man. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm a fan. Like, no, I, I love what y'all are doing. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Likewise. Yeah, we're gonna we'll get to the hip hop debate at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Philly, man. So like, start there. You know. Yeah, I got you. Yes. Um, Jan's Jan, got a plan. What's up? What's going on? Hey guys. Look, look at look hey. at this. Happy, oh, Val- oh. Happy Valentine's Day. Got the hearts in the background. Wow. All love. All Spread in love. the love. Spread in the Spread love. In love. How's love everybody it. doing? Hi, Frank. Everybody. Hello, hello. How are you? Good. Hi, Ian. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so let's get into questions, or you guys want me to give an update? I don't know. Hi, earners. Uh, yes, yeah. Give me, give me what's up. What's going on? Well, I don't really don't have that much, but I will say today we had midday market updates with Lawrence, and we talked about option strategies. Uh, one was pre-market highs and lows, and if you get a breakthrough of one of those, maybe a call or put, you know, going that way. So I really like that little tip. Drop some fire in the chat for the earners if you thought that was really helpful this morning. Um, And then we were preparing the earners for our paper trading challenge that starts in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And although today's uh, Valentine's Day, I also say Martin Luther King, eh? Valentine's Day is also (laughs) Black History Month. And we started a new book called Powernomics by Claude Anderson. So we're really excited about that too. Shout out to the book club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually perfect. We got to talk offline about that. That's actually, I didn't know, I didn't know you was reading that book, but that's, that's actually. Yes, that's our, our new book for the for yeah. the month. So shout out to the earners. That's perfect. Now I'm going to go to Arthur Andrews. He's the president of our political science club. <laughs> and he told me he had to ask a question today. So we're going to go to him first. Shout out to Oh, Arthur. yeah, yeah. He gets, he gets Carl Barnes over here. Yes. <laughs> peace, peace. What's good, fellas? My brother. Hey, how What's up, man? How you doing? How we doing? Hey, fellas, I'm going to see y'all in London, man. I, I, Ian, I promise not to attack you, man. Just give me a dap. I'll leave you alone, brother. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you my guy. I love you, dealer. We can talk forever. 
Uh, Frank, man, I appreciate having you on here. You know, appreciate the report and you uh, exposing everybody to what's going on in, in our community. Um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask, and, you know, the earners are very familiar about this because this is something that I, I harp on a lot, is that that spending, that spending um, stat isn't something that's new. You know, it's, it's something that we've seen. If you go back to 2000, we had our spending was very high and we were still very low in terms of our assets, so on and so forth. I think what's part of the issue is the way that it's framed uh, to our people um, is, is often misleading. And so in a sense, it's, it's framed as though we're irresponsible with our spending, right? And mass, right? And so, however, when you look at how we actually spend our money, we actually spend our money very similar to everyone else. Um, I always say the top five things that we spend our money on are housing, which is at 37%, transportation, 16%, food, 16%, savings and investments at 10%, and then healthcare at 5%. So literally 85% of our spending goes to what I call essential living needs. That we get a check, we have to pay for where we live, we live, we gotta pay to get to work, we have to feed ourselves, we save our money, and then we, you know, take care of ourselves. We go to the doctor if and when we can. The difference uh, that I find isn't necessarily that we're spending irresponsibly. It's not. It's that the uh, our asset class, our upper black black asset class, we don't own any of those things that provide our essential needs. So our black upper class doesn't own the masses of affordable housing. We don't own any car companies. We don't own any grocery stores. You know, we don't own any major healthcare companies and we don't own any major financial uh, investment institutions. So as a result, when we spend our money, we're forced to spend our money with other people because you, you see what I'm saying? And now at I the do. same time, at the same time, and I'm not here to knock anybody, kudos to uh, the success of, 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 those, of, of those of us who are able to make it to the upper class. However, Rather than trying to buy football teams, I would rather see us start a car company. Rather than us try to buy an NBA team, I would rather us see us buy a, a start a grocery chain because those are the things that then we could go in and support because those are where we're spending the majority of our money. Right. So when we spend our money and it leaves our community and in, in, in so, as they say, in six hours, it's not because we don't want to spend it with Black people. It's literally there's no one there Black for us to spend it with. And that's not the fault of a lower class citizen. That's not the fault of the middle class citizen. That's the fault of the upper class that have to channel their money and buy those assets that really matter as opposed to buying a football team and then say, support black because I got a football team. And then we're gonna do that because our next thing that we spend our money on is entertainment. However, when we spend money on entertainment, we spend it on black people. We support black people yeah. when the opportunity is there. And so I think that part of the issue that we're having is the way it's framed is that if it's put out there and you're a low income or you're a middle class person, you could feel like, wow, what am I doing wrong? But you're looking around, you're like, man, I just paid my rent. You know, I want to get a loan, but there's the black, the, 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 the white bank won't give me a loan, but there's no black guys who are willing to give me a loan. And, and in addition to that, the black people are reluctant to even rent me a house. The black guys who get houses, they're reluctant to accept my section eight. They're reluctant to accept the single family mom because they think, you know, they look down upon them like the welfare clean, just like everyone else does. And so I would say to you, 
or my question is to you, how can we convince or how can we change that narrative? Because in your segment, you know, we have Rob Johnson and kudos to him because Rob Johnson is a major affordable housing owner, um, as mm -hmm. well as with uh, yeah. Brian Hope, so on and so forth. But there are others out there that, you know, it's they, they're in the position to do those things. And it's always say, hey, man, I wish you guys would go buy more stocks. I wish you guys would go buy a house. And it's like you're in the position to provide that infrastructure, much like uh, other communities, whether they were whether they did it by force through redlining, so on and so forth. But that was their upper class forcing the situation for their middle class to be able to participate. The upper white class instituted the redlining so that the lower white class would be able to participate and become middle class. And I think that if we want to have these changes, if we continue to simply harp to our middle and lower class that you need to change your behavior, what we're going to ultimately do is you're going to drive very risky behavior from our middle and lower class uh, citizens, because now they're going to say, well, I'm doing the responsible thing. <clears throat> However, you're telling me the responsible thing isn't working. And so now I'm going to go and I'm just going to throw all of my money in a meme stock because that's what yeah, the rich it, guys it, do. They invest. Yeah, can, can I ask a follow up question for you? And you my brother. So I love that we get to have this dialogue and people don't think we're debating the same with, with me and Matt. Oh, when, no, yes. You know, I love you. you, you my of guy. course, brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, before, before you respond, Ian, because people are like, this is King Arthur. Yeah, when we talk about God. day one, yeah, that's EYL, that's who he is, right? So you can put a crown in the chat. This is yeah. King Arthur. There ain't no guidelines when it comes yeah. to this. This is our brother. When yeah, we yeah, talk yeah, about he, anywhere he, we he go, Arthur, these are all our conversations too. He's the first yeah, person yeah. to show up. He's the first person yeah. to give guidance. Extremely intelligent. So, extremely intelligent. If you don't know, do the, the, do the, do to, the research. He used to work on Wall Street. He used to be a risk analysis. What'd you do on Wall Street, Arthur? No, I worked at uh, Mark, Mark, for um, Market Makers. Market Maker. He was the, a market maker the, on Wall the, the largest market maker. The, the, when, when ETS first started, it was LeBrant Structured Products. We are on the American Stock Exchange. We are the largest market maker for ETFs. Yeah. yeah. But Ian, Ian, what were you about to say? Go ahead, Ian. Um, and I understand that point, and but when I'm just be honest, yeah, let's do a poll. Put yes in chat if you guys that are watching tonight, blank bank black. I've had bank owners cry to me, why the hell do they support Dogecoin? And even black people have been convinced to buy apes from Board Ape Yacht Club, which is a racist artistic structure, but then won't bank black. Most of the entertainers that we support, they're not black owned. Even the ones that say they're black owned. We get a chance to sit in some of these meetings, they're not black owned. So what is the solution? Because even with that, I don't want to pit the upper class versus lower. But if we are connectively, and this is my thing where I'm like, hey, let's just start with indexes. Because if we can do that, then we can go. And I'm going to be real. Most people don't buy. Y'all buy Gucci more than y'all do EYO merch. Why? Wow. I don't get that. that is, that's, that's weird because <laughs> you, pe people <laughs> actually <laughs> vote. Actually so like I get to the point and a perspective and these, this data comes out and people are upset and we're mad for that moment, right? Kind of like when your girl go off on you, like you didn't buy me the flowers that see what, see what Troy did. He got off the plane and took his wife right to dinner. You should do that, right? <laughs> you get mad for a day, make a change. <laughs> I'm a classic man. Come on. <laughs> right? But what do you do with your dollars? I'm going to be real. Most people are not investing half of their money into the market or into the assets. And I think we have the power to do so, you you know what? But though? I think, oh, my, my bad, my bad, yeah, my bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had a power to do so, 
but we want the feeling of being okay or free versus the work that it actually takes to then be free. And I'm one of the person who came from the bottom, bottom, like, and it took me years to get to where I am now. It took me 14, 15 years to get to be able to sit at this peak and give this shit easily away. Most people don't want to suck. They're seeing us out in LA and think we're partying. I am exhausted. It's all meetings. So what is the actual solutions um, outside of even having this bourgeois class versus lower? Because I don't even like that. That's not yeah, the real I, answer, I but the truth is we're not invested enough. We're not oh, building enough business. Well, Arthur, Arthur, let me let me, let me me chime in real quick because I think um, what the question to Frank was like, how can it be framed in the in the mainstream media a little differently? And it is a valid. He actually, right. made, he actually made a lot of valid points. You made a lot Absolutely. of valid points because even from me being, being a financial advisor, and once again, going back to my, my career as a financial advisor and all of the clients that I worked with, the clients that, you know, were just, you know, they didn't really have millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, they might not even have had a couple of hundred dollars a month, but they wanted to do something. And the common denominator was that, yeah, they just wasn't making enough money. That's the conversation that we need to have as well is because you're, you're right. Um, you know, a lot of people rent. And the rents a lot of times are more expensive than a mortgage. Um, and then, you know, we have inflation, right? And it's like, I don't think the vast majority of black people are foolishly wasting the vast majority of their money because they don't really even have an option. They're literally living, like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you might be making some foolish decisions, but you're right. Most of the money is going to your bare necessities. necessities um, and you just don't have enough money left over at the end of the month. And then your income is not increasing enough to really keep up. And you're just making less money as well. Hold on, Ian. Um, so that's, that's, and that goes back to skilled, being a highly skilled worker, being an entrepreneur, different things. So it's a, it's a multifaceted conversation, but it is something that is, you do bring up a well, a good point. Absolutely. The data might be true, but it can possibly be reported a little differently to to really highlight okay how do we get people to make more money absolutely i mean yeah. king Arthur. i don't want to yeah. disrespect man i want to get correct titles <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean uh, king arthur one sec two things to it number one it's a tv story um you know it, it can't get all the way down to the fine print on tv Some no 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 I, no i understand that yeah, yeah but no but it's, it's a fair question um one thing i, I think you want to consider is then why have the why has the Latino community been able to to build more wealth than us? Because they face a lot of the same hurdles. So some of it does come down to decisions. And you know, and again, don't know you that well, man. I grew up poor. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it costs money to be poor, and people always forget that. And just like compounding, you put a little bit of money in, it grows. One finance, one bad financial decision snowballs. You make one decision yeah. with a credit card, your credit's bad. Now you got to pay more for everything. You know what I mean? So some of it is decision making, but is the is the probably the biggest single factor systemic, um, you know, racism, systemic issues. Absolutely. There's going to be a story you're going to hear next month about the gender pay gap. Um, you're going to hear that it takes um, into 2022, into March of 2022 for the average woman to make what a man makes in 2021. One number that a couple numbers that don't really get talked about is that's the average for a black woman. It takes until August. That's a systemic yeah. issue. No, true indeed, true indeed. Um, 
one one of the things uh, uh, to your point about the Latino community, one of the differences between the Latino community and the black community is that many of many much of the growth in the Latino community comes from the fact that they have a base from back home, so they can come here much like with the Asians when they yeah. when they come to the community, they don't have to go to a bank to get a loan. They can go to the their Asian community and literally get a loan from their Asian community. That's how Chinatown in New York grew and took over little little Italy. It wasn't that the Chinese were coming in and they, they were getting loans from Bank of America. They were coming in and because they have a base back home in China, that base provides a lot of the loans and things. Black Americans don't have that. With the exception Basics, of if yeah. you look at the difference, if you look at the difference between black Americans here versus um Africans uh Africans that come here, they tend to generate a little bit more wealth as well because they tend to have a base. Caribbean uh, Caribbean families, when they move here, they also tend to have a base. It's not as significant as white families and Asian families, but they have a base that's stronger than the typical black family to be able to get loans from, so on and so forth. So that, I believe, is, is part of the reason why you see the difference between us and why those other communities are able to uh, 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 advance. And just to make the point, I, I, uh, Ian, I don't think it's about uh, picking on the uh, the, up, the uh, upper black class because it's not just their responsibility. It's just something about, like we always say, it's a collaboration over competition, right? Absolutely. And so, but but I, I think that I, I think that um, our upper class is just as miseducated as the lower class as well. And so, if the upper class feels that the lower class is making bad decisions because they just keep hearing that they're going to treat them that way, and then they won't make the decision that they can make to be able to go on and be able to and 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 and, and be able to help them because they think in their mind they think that the lower class is just making bad decisions because sometimes there is a disconnect even within our own community. And just one thing I want to let me let me highlight. let me just let me just. You making up? We gotta we gotta give him a podcast. That's why I said, you, man. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> King Arthur's Court. Yes. We already got the name. Uh, I, yeah, I was advocating for that. <laughs> no, yes, for the election. Sign deal. We gotta get this deal done. You make up, but that is a but, that's a you make a lot of valid but, points. But, but, go ahead, but, go but, ahead. You, can you, I chime you in? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's yes. what, yeah that, two points. Basics. I want you guys to Google who came up with the advertising and marketing campaign. For there to be essential spending and sales in the 1930s, go talk to great grandma. <laughs> there are no such things as essential or basics. Same way for those of you who love uh, bacon eggs, for those of you who don't know, I was an advertiser in the marketing prior to this. Edward Bernays, which is a relative of Sigmund Freud, created that structure. Go look and see who made it like that for you to not work together, not collaborate, and then go spend your money. Because even the essentials and the basics that you buy, there is a for-profit publicly traded corporation that benefits off of that brainwashing. Secondly, we are the only community that elects our entertainers and athletes to be the top tier to make decisions from us and they're brainwashed by their ownership. So we have a trickle-down effect. So as you guys begin to champion other people and more intellectuals, you can see a shift who would then educate our community and in 10 to 15 years we can. As a person that was broke as hell, like... I would go to the mall, lose my debit card, and I'd be like, boy, if they buy something on there, they practicing nothing's on there. Right? <laughs> go ahead. Don't even, I'm not even going to call it in. Right? Um, we have to have one collective thing, just like how we support little Baby and QC, shout out them, right? How we support, we have to get behind one movement of investing in one asset class and then move. That's why I say it's not real estate or stocks. It's both. both. But if we keep fighting about why, and systemic racism is the issue. 
We get that. That's the umbrella that covers everything, right? But what is the one action that we are going to take tonight to then say, I'm going to work my ass off and then now I'm going to have my friends and family and you guys see us do it every week. This is why I give away this information free. When every hedge fund on earth that I talk to is like, why do you still do the show? Because I'm black. Yeah, but that's what you know, I, I don't. I don't even want to discount the one action that people haven't taken. I think they have taken action by being here tonight. I Absolutely. think you, that's true. You got seventy six to eight thousand people, thirteen thousand people tuning on a Monday when they could be doing anything else. When you got that's true. Valentine's here, Day. on Valentine's Day, what Valentine's they do, right? Why, why, you, why you sipping that Don P? Sorry, <laughs> Ace of Spade. Oh, why are you sipping that ace of spade? You're watching this. So the first part is that we're educating ourselves and we are coming together, right? Like we're together right now. Yeah, this we're having a conversation, the King Arthur's part of this conversation, but every Monday that people are here. Well, this is this the, is the first this step. Is, and I like this conversation because it's 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 more intellectual than just saying, oh, that's not true, they're, they're lying. He's right. actually bringing up valid points. 100%. And he's actually backing up information and it actually yeah. makes sense with it's on both sides. And yep. another thing that he said that makes sense is there is a disconnect between the upper echelon, a lot of the upper echelon, wealthy oh, black people, that, and, and the vast majority of the. And this is why EYL has ex, really excelled to the level that it has excelled because we created a ladder for having high level conversations for the vast majority of the people. Mm-hmm. And that is something that there is even to this day. We won't name any names, but we'll talk to, you know, people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and they're black and they don't, <laughs> they have a different level of the way that they, you know, uh, understanding, a different understanding. There we go. A different understanding. So that's a real problem. It is. But the problem, I think that the reason why I think that that is, is because they're so disconnected. It's like little Wayne saying that there's no racism. I don't think that the reason why he said that there's no racism is because he's been a star since he was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. He's not really black. He's little Wayne. It's like OJ. They said OJ wasn't black. Oh, he's OJ. He got the guy got 10. He got like 30 tattoos on his face. Like anywhere he goes in the world, everything stops for little Wayne. So he's like, the way I'm getting treated is royalty. I can't, if I'm getting treated like this and I'm black, how can there be racism? Yeah. And I mean, those comments, he's basing off of the people who he sees in front of him, the but people who come support him. He's, that's, he's, he's, or, that's his world. It's a, it's a disconnect. That's his world. I mean, that's the so, world. Also, when you're when you're a half a million, half a billion up and, you know, and you're around <laughs> every single yeah. person doesn't look anything like you, then you can start to have a certain disconnect and disdain. You can you got the real conversation. Yeah. You can have you can have a certain level of disdain for your own people because you're like, oh, you didn't work hard enough. Pull yourself up by your, the same rhetoric yeah. that's been run because now you start to actually believe it yourself because you don't really look at yourself like that. You look at yourself like you're above the rest of these people. But, but that's why I said this, this is a financial revolution. But I'm just saying, right? It's still a beginning stage. It's still it. being said, but that's what I'm saying. This, it's and we, still we, beginning. We, but, but, yeah, we live by that, right? There's more people that are like us than are sitting up here. And no disrespect to anybody who wears the suit, people, suits and ties and bow ties. People use the race car when it's convenient. Like True. you'll see, you'll see Clarence Thomas talking about being black when he was going through that case. He hasn't said anything about being black since. But back to the Wayne point, the other side of it too, Wayne is an asset to a music entity that still believes in the slave model. That's why. Oh, I, so it's the only industry where your intellectual property is called your masters and we openly are going to take it from you because now you are a slave. At the time, Wayne could put out his own music. That had nothing to do with Birdman. Who releases music on behalf of Birdman. Let's go there. My favorite quote from Dick Gregory. 
who runs Universal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Godfather, mm-hmm. right? My favorite quote from Dick Gregory is, it's not the crabs in the barrel that causes the fighting, it's the hot water that is poured on top of them. The reason I have an issue with some of these conversations, go look. These were planned in 1983. I got to give her credit. And Charlemagne said it too on his podcast. See Dolores Tucker and all them back in the day, they were really right about how to use rap to misinform us. Once again, we're the only community where the music is our primary educational platform. That's a mistake. But who designs that? And now we get a chance to sit into the meetings and see some of the planning. It's going to get worse. Agree. Agree. So Agree. I'm, Agree. Agree. It's not I'm with you. In a beef conversation. Same way. Like it's, the other day it was 26 years since All Eyes on Me was released. Damn, we're getting old, right? But these conversations were created in the same way that East Coast, West Coast narrative got pushed by Vibe and all of them. These talking points that got brought up, because look, they were not there prior to 1958. Go look. There's a person that studied advertising since the 1400s. This shit was planted in our community. Even I agree what we with argue you. about. But there's a, there's a few dudes every generation that wasn't supposed to make it out and decode the matrix. Sure. And when they get to yeah. speaking, it's like a spoken language, right? And so that's our role. Like, like we say, everybody yeah. got a role. We're going to do this. But the people that are listening right now, the people that are watching, people tune in, they got to roll in it too, right? They got to spread the message. They got to feed what they've learned to the next person. And that's why I said it's Absolutely. more of a, it's more of a revolution, right? Because there's more people that's going to be like us that can relate to us. And so when they see us ascend, they not only are they watching us ascend, they're ascending with us rather than saying, look how far he can go or look how far she can go. I wish I could do that now. We all rising together. You see what I'm saying? So I agree with you, Ian. That's a great point. Yeah. All right, let's get one more question in. Arthur, that was excellent. Thank King you. King Arthur's court, y'all. Yeah, well done. Thank you for Wait, really reason. quick. For, for, oh, you like King Arthur? Go, go, one go, really go, quick go, point. No, no, stay, stay, Frank, stay, go, ahead. go ahead. King Arthur, you still there? One quick point. Um, great great points about grocery stores and auto companies, but a grocery store is really thin margin business. Like a 4 or 5% margin is amazing for a grocery store. That means it's easy to fail. It's a really hard business to succeed. You got to keep putting toilet paper on the shelf. It costs money to get to truck it in. It costs money for the person to put it on there. I mean, it's just, it's a very intense, hard to make money business. And then uh, the auto business is on the other side. You know what I mean? Like it's a big CapEx capital expenditure business. You got to create a factory to create a car. You got to do research and development for a few years. So those two things are just on the opposite end, but, but two very difficult businesses. Like, um, and I'm just throwing out an idea. I'm, you know, I don't own any businesses. I'm full disclosure. I don't own a business. I don't own like a plant to do this, but a lotion company would be a, just a natural fit. It's a very low end entry to, to get into the business. Who doesn't use lotion? And if we all made, a, or y'all came up with a lotion and told all your followers to use it, what would be the difference between this lotion and the other lotion? All lotion does the same stuff. Shea, Shea so I understand what you're saying. That's like Shea Moisturizer. Um, not, um, what's it? Carol's daughter. Carol's daughter. Yeah, Carol's daughter but they yeah. sold. They sold their company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And the... the, the and 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 I, and I definitely I definitely agree with you. The, the 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 contention I would make with that is that when it comes to personal care, we while they talk about the when they so when they talk about how much we spend on those things, personal care, clothing, and, and those times they'll just they'll state the raw number, like the dollar number. However, we spend less than three percent of our spending on those things. So even if we spent every single dollar that we did on personal care and on clothing, that would be 3% of our total spending that we, we, we would be able to capture. I think to my, to our point, I think the, the, to your point, obviously uh, transportation is very difficult because the CapEx is, is, is very high. Food is very difficult because it's a thin margin. 
However, what we're talking about is a very difficult situation and we're going to have to take a major risk if we want that major change. And, right. and the only people who are in the position to take that major risk, even though I don't want to, like I said, it's not about picking. They're the ones who are most in the position to be able to take that major risk are those with the most money. You know what I mean? And so the easiest spot, I think, is real estate. That's the easiest and obvious place to be able to do it, um, uh, uh, to be able to capture our money. And also that's where we still spend the most of our money. You know what I mean? And in addition to that, the U.S. government gives the black community $10 billion every year in housing vouchers. 10 billion. And the overwhelming majority of that goes to black women. You know what I mean? And however, I think maybe less than 2 billion of that gets captured back into our community in large part because those of us who do own the housing that can rent are reluctant to, to, to rent to their aunts and cousins. I give a very obvious answer that most people don't think about. Um, I talk about tech all the time. Building a tech company does not cost as much as you think to get an MVP. I, I'll say that I want to go into much deeper detail, but I want to get another question in. But I will say, for those of you that are promoting brands, and go look to see what a, a scalable MVP costs if you get it built, let's just say in Australia. It does not cost as much as you think. I'll say that. But we have to have the courage to stop going for low-hanging businesses and low-hanging fruit. And go for the businesses that, that really matter if and, you want to be free. And when you when you don't know what to when you don't know what to do, you do what you know. And that's one of the things with, with businesses. Like, you know, we we know how to do a barbershop. We know how to do a restaurant. We know how to do that. And that's something that we've seen. We don't really we haven't really seen too many high level tech companies that have taken off. So that's why exposure, that's why we're as EYL this year, we're highlighting tech companies so we can actually give that you know ada information but also the exposure we just gotta see us because you're right yeah but you know part of that is the exposure the other part of it is information the other part of it is relationships the other part of it is capital so you know i guess part of the execution because people execute the capital be the, I'm, I'm so i'm gonna come back on a ramp side real quick build faster you guys know soundcloud apple music netflix hulu only fans build Build. For those of you who don't have dates, enjoy. Keisha's not going to see you tonight at 1230. She's not. She's busy. <laughs> Go build some tech and quit talking. If you really want to be free, and for those of you in Atlanta, this part I love Atlanta, especially those of you from, from, from there, shout out Dom, is a warrior spirit. LA, Bay Area warrior spirit. Quit talking about it. We're the only group of, of people on earth that talk about our community problems on open platforms. The answers to go and build. I didn't like the commentary that I saw in the market. So I approached it. These are the ones to invest in. These are trash. So it's very clear. These are the price. If it don't work, I'll give you my money. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. Nobody did that prior to me. Excluding nobody. Yeah. Go build. Yeah, you got, you have to build. And I think that that's, I mean, if you look at EYL, right, we built the media company. So, but we also have to have a certain level of, of understanding, compassion. And we have to, um, you know, we have to have a certain level of empathy too, because people A, have been beaten down for a long period of time mentally and people don't have confidence. So part of having the part of one of the major parts of education is that it gives you confidence. You're not really confident if you're not fully educated. So this is why we created a platform to actually educate people so they could become more confident. And then mm -hmm. with that confidence, then they can execute. 
In the words of, <laughs> in the, in the, in the, hey Frank, you gonna learn it, Frank, Frank. In the, in the words of the great Benny Siegel, yeah, stay yeah, low and keep firing. Yeah, what's your, what's your, what's your reply? So you have to. Oh, wait, wait, stay he low, had, keep firing. Oh, oh, I thought he was like catching the word. No, he's, he's, he's ready. I thought, I thought, I thought he was catching the word. Right I thought you was catching the word. Got a question for you, right? <laughs> Last one. If we're playing against Rock Nation, and we got a Red Panda EYL hoop team. And you pass me the ball, and there's three seconds left, and I let the clock run out. Are you gonna have compassion that I lost us the championship? You're gonna make the face, right? <laughs> so if we're in dire straits and we're down to our last three seconds, there's no room for compassion. That was room for compassion with Jesse them, Martin them. There's no fucking room for compassion now. We're we're damn near on death's doorstep. Quit playing. They can be the nice guys, but when you walk into these rooms, shout out promise. I was. Go, go look who promised it. Does he building what, yay, that he's going to launch is going to destroy the financial industry. Brother like us. I say, hey, what you do to build it? I paid for it and built it myself. I work on it for six years. What advice you got for people who really want to build? He said, people that really want to build don't need no advice. It sound cute. That sound cute in them comments. Oh, man, we need to be soft on each other. There is no room. If you have kids... Fellas, you have a woman, look at your woman and ask her right now, do I got enough money for you to never leave me? It ain't about the money, but ask. Heart. That's why they like them rants, because they know I'm doing what I'm talking about. There's no room for compassion. No room. Uh, yeah, man, I got I to gotta firmly disagree, man. Listen, I'm uh, Yeah, I got I to firmly disagree. content, Mike, cut this up. Respectfully. Bring Arthur back, too. Raise your hand, bro. Nah, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> oh, ahead, I got to raise my hand. My bad. Hold on. Yeah, right, man, right, I'm, right. I'm just joking. No, go ahead. This is good. Cook Real this quick, up. Ian, man. A man makes money. Money can never make a man. That's I agree, but we need capital in order to help build each other. My main thing is, if you know 10 people that need help, we shouldn't go to a bank. They should come here. That's why every week I'm like, hey, even people are like, hey, I need help on my pitch deck. If the product is good and we have enough money, we should be able to fund our own things. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's could, was, should. There's a lot of reasons why some of that's not happening. Some of it is our fault. Some of it's systemic. Some of it's just America, man. Like everybody can't be rich. Capitalism creates inequality, period. We enjoy the fruits of capitalism. Like, I got a great phone right here, man. This is capitalism. I can watch movies on it. I can text y'all. My, my computer cracked out. I hit y'all with a text in two seconds. Y'all saw the message two nanoseconds later. That's capitalism. But some of that is also inequality. You got to understand that's part of it. Every time you buy a stock and it goes up 20%, somebody else sold it and they lost the opportunity to earn that 20%. And another stock went down 20%. It's the ebb and the flow of things. I think what you're saying is we're not playing on a, a level playing field. And why are we not playing a level, a level playing field? There's multiple reasons. Are the things that we can do to try to level it out a little bit? Absolutely. Um, yeah. My man, King Arthur, he was like, well, it's only 3% if we spend our money on personal care products, but it's 3% of $1.6 trillion. And if we own it, it's also a high margin business. Lotion has incredible market up, I would imagine. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just going to imagine some, some juices, some water and some aloe in there. You know what I mean? So I can't imagine there's a lot of high input costs, but that would be a start. You got to start places. Like I got my lady's flowers behind me. I'm going to be honest. I did not buy them from a black. Yeah, well done. I wish I, I wish I would have. Yeah. I should have. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it realer with you though. When my mom passed away, I did buy flowers from a black forest. I went to a black mortician because that's how that girl was. You know what I'm saying? She told me we don't spend our money, but we're not welcome. We don't spend our money where people don't appreciate it. You know what I mean? Period. And I let, I really try to live my life that way. It can be hard, 
to always go to black businesses just because that's just how life is and we all have fast paced lives and there is no black cell phone company and there is no black ring light maker. I got a ring light right up here. But if you try, it makes a difference. It's small steps. I'll say this in closing and with you being from Philly, I think as a powerful as we are as consumers, I want us to stop being fiends for other corporations and be investors. I think it's crazy that we help build the career of Beanie Siegel, Meek Mill, Ludacris, Tupac, Biggie, all of the chapter, everybody at Def Jam. Don't change my meetings because of <laughs> Redman, LL Cool J, Lil Baby, The Baby, Gunna, and then the fans who help make these people get none of the money. But I just want us to switch from being fiends for consumerism to investors. I may not deliver it in the most polite way. Wait, but- did you did you buy that Nas NFT? Were you one of those people? Mm-mm. I mean, that would have been I a way to get some of the royalty. I don't know if you're an uh, NFT believer. I am. And, and I am. I'll say that. Shadi, I'll call and, my, and, mm, I'll call <laughs> I called it. Thank you. Thank you. And, and being from Philly, man, and being from Philly, speaking of, man, like on a real man, dude, I used to pray for times like this, to rhymes like this. I had to grind uh, like right. that, shine like hey. this. You know what I mean? Like Flip that up. This, this took a minute. Right I'm now. with you. This didn't just happen overnight. I started out in Fairbanks <laughs> Alaska. So trust me, this did not start happening overnight. That's legend. That's, that's, that's actually legend. Frank, this is actually a very, very uh, fun uh, conversation. Incredible. Man. It was dope to have so many different perspectives. Um, Arthur came in with an MVP performance. That was uh, oh, yeah. he's earned yeah, he, he, <laughs> himself a, a market Monday. That's the will right there, man. Yeah. He came off the bench fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Vernon Maxwell. He thought he's back at GW. <laughs> Go watch all this highlights, boy. That boy get busy with the left. 20 off the bench. Uh-huh. That was amazing off the bench performance. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs>